What would you give to increase sales by 8% of your restaurant? Restaurants leveraging the power of Yelp Guest Manager paired with Yelp ads. Enjoy up to an 8% monthly lift in diner bookings through Yelp. It makes sense, right? Millions of people use Yelp every day to find restaurants. And they're using that same trusted platform to book reservations and add themselves to wait lists. Your restaurant could be busier today. To learn more, visit restaurants.yelp.com forward slash podcast or call 877-571-9357 and quote podcast. Yelp Internal Data 2021. Based on average results from a sample study of restaurants with guest manager that purchased Yelp ads between April and July 2021 in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and New York City. Results may vary. Now here we go. I don't think there's any concern. I think it's really about recognizing, right, this progression is gradual. And also recognizing that a lot of the technology is evolving and getting better. And so it's really about listening to your customers to understand, right, what is useful about it and what's not, what features would make it better. It's so important to really listen keenly to understand, like, what about the experience doesn't work. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry. Featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators. Served up on the house. The founders of Toast must have had a crystal ball. It feels like they anticipated our needs, providing solutions to problems we didn't know we had. And obviously, it paid off. But like most Cinderella stories, the path to success wasn't a straight line. And today we sit down with co-founder Amon Naring to discuss the ups and downs of servicing the service industry. Because if they were able to predict the future before, are they able to do it again? Starting Toast was really about starting a company with my co-founders, Steve and John. We had worked together at a company called Endeka. Endeka was my first job, Steve's first job, John's first job at a school. Spent six or seven years there, and DECA was a fast-growing startup and kind of saw what it's like to you know, be part of one of these rocket ships that's scaling. And six or seven years in, I had built lots of great relationships right throughout the organizations, and especially with Steve and John. And so when finally Oracle bought in DECA in 2012, felt like a good time to go explore what's next. It's so really starting Toast is really about starting a business with Stephen John more than about being a restaurant first company or restaurant tech company. In fact, none of us had any experience in restaurants. This is in 2012, and now we're sitting there figuring out what we could work on. And we had ideated lots of different things, right, in many different industries. And frankly, I like, landed in restaurants like mostly by chance. We had seen like what Groupon had done. So this is think about 2012, right? We had seen the little dongle, right, that Square offered to payments on a mobile device through the audio jack leader. And there was a restaurant downstairs from where we were working at the time called Firebrand Saints. It was a very popular spot next to, especially next to MIT Sloan School, the business school there. We'd go there like once or twice a month to catch up and talk about like progress we'd made and different ideas we were exploring. And one evening we were talking about like the success of Groupon maybe. And, and we looked at each other and we said, you know, we've heard of this thing called Alipay and WeChat in China that allows you to use your phone to basically become this interface where you can order and pay and do all sorts of things. And so you're like asking the question, like, why doesn't that exist in the US? Is that something that would help make the experience more efficient, maybe make the staff 
more efficient, help the restaurant maybe turn more tables. And so almost as a fun project, this is not one where, to be honest with you, it wasn't clear this is going to be what this company would look like at this stage, because it wasn't like we'd come up with a business case and put together a deck. It was just like, sure. hey, fun project. Like, let's go work on making this problem that we all faced easier, right? And so we built an app to make it easy to essentially initially just pay. It wasn't even order. It was just pay. So scan a QR code, check comes up, pay, and leave. And second order features were things like giving feedback or splitting checks and such. But the primary use case was just pay. And the value prop I mean, at the restaurant was, hey, like you can operate more efficiently when you get really busy. We launched this thing at this one restaurant, you know, frankly, like got very little interest. It was partially because I think the technology wasn't quite where it needed to be. And partially because it's probably early for its time. Obviously, through COVID, this thing's, you know, QR codes have taken off, as you know, at tables. And so we only like, we didn't even get a second restaurant on this thing that we had built. You know, as we were thinking about like what the future holds and, you know, whether we pivot into some in different industry or whether we continue in restaurants. Well, one thing that Steve, I think, brought up was he's like, look, when we go talk to restaurateurs, because we were talking restaurateurs in Harvard Square and Cambridge or Boston, just locally. And the one thing that jumped out was even though they weren't interested in like paying a table and solutions, that solution that we had, more generally, they were very open to talking about technology. What came through was that the capability that the existing providers offered wasn't really meeting the mark. Like the number of times I heard, why isn't this easy or simple like my smartphone? And I'm in this business because I love hospitality. I love food. I love service. I love making guests happy. And a lot of the technology was very cumbersome. And as you know, restaurateurs, like the one thing you realize is working in restaurants, it's a really, really tough business. It's hard to keep the lights on and just be focused on the here and now. And so if this technology is complicated, it just doesn't get used. Like there's all this promise. It doesn't get used in ways that can actually make an impact. So that led to this pivot to say, wait a minute, could you build a platform that made it easier for restaurateurs to be able to operate? Instead of using many different point solutions that were independent and separate, didn't connect to each other, and were hard to set up and use and manage, could you build a true cloud-based solution where the solutions were interoperable, there was a true platform, there was a partner marketplace, and really made it easier for restaurateurs to operate, right? All aspects of the restaurant. That's really the pivot that led to moving from this app to this point of sale platform. And I think a lot of the early feedback we got was it's going to be really hard. And as we pivoted to this point of sale, like the thing that was very obvious was the amount of time and energy restaurateurs in Boston and Cambridge gave us to help us understand what needed to be built and what are the types of capabilities that really hit the mark. And so it was a lot of fun. After one year of like pretty much nothing to show for it, lots of failure, as we pivoted to this point of sale, within six months, we had a customer live. Six months after that, we had 20 customers live. And it was very clear that there was a lot of pull from the industry and the market for something like this. As long as the thing that we built was not just had the capabilities and features, but had the reliability and the quality and the uptime. I think that you guys figured out two things pretty early that were super valuable. One is that restaurateurs aren't technology averse, but we don't like to be experimented on, right? Because there's an immediacy around what we do for a living. 
when we do a poor job or when we're perceived to have done a poor job, we are standing directly in front of the person we just disappointed. And then the second part of that is we don't want to be responsible as restaurateurs for altering consumer behavior. I can't tell you how many tech companies have come to me and said, well, you know, if you can convince your customers that this is a better, easier way to do business, then they'll do it. And we have enough going on that we don't want to be responsible for trying to compel our consumers to do anything that they don't organically want to do. And I think that one of the things that Toast did masterfully is do business the way that customers expected business to be done while allowing for new ways of doing business to be peppered in over time. Yeah, that's a really good point, Josh. Early on, when we first started, the value proposition really was more focused on the operator. I remember a conversation with one of our early customers. This is um, Finale Restaurants, at, again, out of Boston. These are some of the early ones. And I remember sitting down chatting with Chris, and he was showing me, he's like, look, I'm a small restaurateur. I've got three restaurants in the commissary. And this concept had like, it was kind of unique. They had like, they were known for desserts, but they had lunch and dinner. And dinner got, was more expansive than lunch. Like lunch was quick serve, dinner was full serve. So. And he's like, look, let me show you like as an independent operator, all the technology I'm using. I'm using a point of sale provider. I've got credit card payments. I've got online ordering. I've got gift cards. I've got loyalty. In fact, they had a different gift card provider online for some reason in their case. They had email marketing and CRM. They had inventory. They had scheduling. They had payroll. They had accounting. And like, that's not even the whole list, right? And there's right. like, look, none of this software talks to each other. And so when we get an order online, it comes up, and this is back in 2012, it shows up on a fax machine, which is painful when you can imagine you've got to line out the door and you have to re-enter all this information into your point of sale. And so that was really was our focus to say, like, let's make this operationally easier. Very early on, one of the things that, and this is maybe somewhat just fortunate, but when we built the platform, the back end was obviously cloud-based, but our front end were these Android devices that were essentially replacing the, you know, the legacy Windows-based terminals. Sure. And it turned out these Android devices came in many sizes, right? These Android tablets were 10-inch screens and 15-inch screens and 22-inch screens. In fact, that was one of the reasons we chose Android, the flexibility that you could choose any provider versus being locked down. That's Apple, for example. But then they also had small screens, like you know, Apple Android had phones, so you could get a 7-inch screen or a 6-inch you know, screen. And, and so we said, wait a minute, like we've seen what happens at the Apple store, right? Where you walk into an Apple store, this is, I don't know how long it's been going on for, but I think it's been it's a while. And you walk into an Apple store and instead of having to pick up what you want to buy and then stand in line, they check you out in the app. Yep. Right. And it's not only more efficient, probably leads to better conversion, by the way, in terms of purchase. And it's a delightful experience for both the host and the serp and the and the guest, right? And so we said, wait a minute, like, could we bring this to restaurants? I remember sitting in 2013 with Steve and saying, Hey, we should like reformat the device so that it worked anyways on all device sizes, but we should go try to push for a handheld based solution. And, you know, it's going to help in all the ways that we talk about today. This has now become our Toast Go device, which is one of our flagship products. And if we can talk about how customers benefit from that. But when we first, you know, prototyped something and went to restaurants and said, hey, you can take orders and payments. And I remember using the Apple store case example. And they said exactly what you said, Josh, which is, look, we're in the hospitality business. Fumbling around with a tablet at the table is not what we want to do. Right. You know, we want to be able to look our guests in the eye and have a good experience, making sure that they feel heard and that we've connected with them. And often it's our servers don't even have to write anything down because they can just remember stuff or they'll write in code. And so it's not about being distracted by it. Even something is, you look back now in 10 years, and it's just become kind of the standard in many ways. 
But it was a gradual process. I remember some customers said, you know what, this is too valuable. We're going to go full throttle and do it. And we had examples and case studies of customers saying, we're seeing better table turns. We're seeing higher tips. We're seeing happier guests, by the way, because you could collect feedback at the end of the transaction. And despite that, you know, not everyone was ready because it's such a big shift. And to your point, it's not something restaurateurs already got enough on their plate. Dealing with one more thing, right, to change how guests operate is really, really hard. And so it happens gradually, right? It has to happen gradually. And that's what we saw with this handheld device. The whole purpose of this episode, and the reason that I wanted to have you on specifically, is because I wanted to have a conversation about the power of long-term thinking. And I think that in few ways is this illustrated more than in the investment that you guys made in the early days in the education of restaurateurs and providing educational materials to people that were not going to buy your point of sale system anytime soon. Talk to me about the decision to do so, what led to that, and what that looked like in the early days. You know, I'll be honest, it wasn't necessarily my idea. <laughs> Initially, <laughs> I was sitting there thinking about how are we going to get the word out, right? We were this little company out of Boston, and we knew we had something good happening because the customers that we had locally were telling us, like, hey, you guys are onto something. Keep it up. It wasn't perfect by any means. <laughs> there was lots of challenges, but you could tell they were rooting for us to succeed. And there's no better like product market fit signal than your customers that you're working with telling you despite the challenges. And you can imagine in restaurants, these challenges are really painful when you have an outage, sure. for example, that, hey, what you guys are doing is the future. And so when we saw that, we said, okay, we should think about how we can start to expand. And obviously one of the challenges in any expansion is restaurants, as you know, are inherently very local. And we'd seen this company locally in Boston, a company called HubSpot. Uh -huh. That is a content marketing company, right? The software allows, of course, they've evolved and grown over the years. But their initial product was all about CRM and lead generation by standing up a website in a, a, very quickly. And so we asked the question, I was like, could this work in restaurants? Actually, I remember thinking, having a discussion about whether this could work in restaurants. And we stepped back and said, of course it could, because the content is so valuable, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it is how to leverage all this complex, back to like, you know, technology, for example, one of the biggest challenges that we saw was there was all this software out there that wasn't being used because it was too complex. And so just getting content out there that allowed people to understand the problem and the different trade-offs alone was a great place to start, let alone like what it's become today in terms of all the different things we cover. We started with just some of the basics in terms of starting to just publish content that wasn't about the toast product of the business. It was about right. industry and how to help the industry, right? And it's been great to help the industry and do our part to make sure that all of the great work that's happening is available in a place that our customers and our prospects and the entire community at large, right, has access to. We could spend hours talking about data and it's top of mind for everyone these days. The Toast platform provides a ton of data and so do many other POS companies. But one thing that you guys do different is you present the data in a way that helps restaurateurs make critical decisions. Where do you think restaurateurs need the most insight and how do you service that need when it comes to data and data analysis? If you think about what it takes to just run a successful restaurant, just making sure that you can run a good day, right? That alone takes so much energy and time. That's one thing that always blew me away, just like it's day after day after day, just making sure that just providing a good, consistent experience for the guest can take all of your energy. And so 
when you're sitting down, let's say at the end of a long shift and looking at kind of how the business did, if you present too much data, it can be overwhelming. And so a big part of providing data is it's not about data, it's about insight. And it's about making it easy and actionable. When we think about our reporting platform as an example, one of the things that we think about is what are ways in which our customers can leverage and access this to make it easy and actionable. So one example is we've got this concept of like this nightly email that goes out. Mm-hmm. And this is like, what are the key things you need to know that happened today? Or as you think about your reports, making sure the most important things are available in prominent ways. Another part of data is just you have to instrument ways to be able to collect data that's valuable. So I think one of the things I remember when we started the business was you talk to restaurateurs and I asked them like, hey, how many people walk in your doors every day? And a restaurateur might say, like, we've got two or 300 people that walk in. And then you ask them, well, how well do you understand your guests? And they'll say, look, you know, obviously we've got, you've all seen the show Cheers and you know your regulars and such, but none of it is particularly data-driven. Right. And so one of the areas of innovation and data that's happened over the past few years, especially, is with all these digital touch points that are there, whether it's online ordering or digital loyalty or order and pay at table with the QR codes, you can now start to form a point of view, right, on who your guests are, what they like, how often they come in, what their taste profile is and preferences are. And that's incredibly powerful because you can start to leverage that to reconnect with your guests, right, and to be able to provide an experience that is a lot more personalized than it's ever been. Are you a small business owner? Did you know that Visa's online small business hub has tools, discounts, and resources to help you run your business? So whether you're a business beginner or an entrepreneurial expert, find the solutions, tools, and tips you need to help you take your business to the next level. Plus, if you have a Visa business credit or debit card, you can get access to cardholder benefits like Visa Savings Edge, a savings program which can help you save on everyday business expenses like office essentials, travel, and more. When you enroll your Visa business card in Visa Savings Edge, you'll have access to valuable offers which can help turn qualifying business purchases made with your enrolled Visa business card into savings for your business. Learn more at visa.com slash smallbusinesshub. Once again, that's visa.com slash smallbusinesshub. Visa, a network working for everyone. What features within that software do you think are the most valuable and at the same time, the most underutilized? So one of the areas that I continue to see, I talked about the handheld to start yep. the conversation. And two or three years into the business, we realized that there was a lot of interest in our handheld solution, but in order to really make it work, it needed to work not only for ordering, but also for everything. It needed to work for payment. It needed to work when you're managing parts of the kitchen, whatever it may be. And so we invested in our own hardware device called the Tosco that we built. And that device has really made a huge impact. And if you've been to a Toast restaurant, you might have seen the tablet that they come with to the table where you can take order and take payment yeah. right there at the table. And while we've seen dramatic use of that device across our customer base, I still think there's so much opportunity for all sorts of use cases, whether it's not only ordering and payment at the table, but it's expand to a patio, for example. You've got a drive-through. You've got a quick-serve environment where you got to line out the door. And we see time after time, just as restaurateurs deploy our handheld, they see speed of service improve. 
first and foremost, and as you know, restaurants are all about peaks and valleys, right? It's all about the lunch rush and the dinner rush for many, many, not all, but for many restaurants, obviously. And so optimizing that period is really, really valuable, right? Because as we all know, if you've got a line out the door, the guest walking by might choose someplace next door. And so I start with the Tosco handheld device. I think what's remarkable about it is that not only does it improve speed of service, it actually improves guest experience. We've seen it time and time again and improves labor wages, right? It improves tips. And so I think lots of opportunity there. You know, I think the Toast story has been gradually built out more and more of our platform. So some of the ideas I'll share are, are things we've been doing for a while, but we've gone from being just a point of sale to you know, adding a whole guest suite to help diners right, at restaurants, a whole employee suite. We've got a whole supplier and accounting suite. We've got a fintech suite. Another product that comes to mind is the product we started the business with. We shelved that product for many, many years and forgot about it. And then COVID hit. And we said, wait a minute, the ability to put these QR codes on the table is really powerful. And so I'm sure we've all seen this, but the ability to look at menus and order and pay at the table. And to your point earlier about changing guest behavior is hard. But I think just like the handheld seven, eight, 10 years ago, we're at the cusp of a new wave of guest experience in restaurants where people are more and more comfortable with these QR codes. And what's powerful about the QR codes is, especially in the tight labor environment that we're in, you can operate and provide a really great guest experience without having to compromise on while operating with a smaller employee base. And especially when you hear consistently from restaurateurs today that one of the hardest challenges coming out of COVID has just been being able to manage with all the labor shortages everyone's dealing with. And to your point, it's not something where you want to be guinea pigs changing behavior. But over the next couple of years, I think the QR code based technology is going to get better and better and better. A big part of it is not just like you leave the guests in isolation and say, go do your thing on the QR code. It's about how the server and the guests work together right, to provide a great experience. That's one area of the platform that's underutilized. Frankly, our fintech products like Capital, we've got some great solutions. So let restaurateurs access Capital almost instantly when they log into Toast. And then I think the other big piece just within the platform is as restaurateurs use more of our platform, what they see is the, these integrations help make the experience for their staff and their teams. Yeah. And so an example of this is, you know, if you're using our online ordering solution, you have the ability to have that integrated right from your website all the way through the kitchen and back. It's really helpful, right, to understand from a throttling standpoint how busy the kitchen is when you want to set expectations with the guest. Similarly, when you think about delivery, the ability to offer delivery right through your website, having it be totally integrated is incredibly powerful because it allows you to not only control the guest experience, but also offer online ordering and delivery right from your own brand, where you've got your own guest experience, you control, you own the data. And a delivery, by the way, that delivery can be first party or it can be third party, it can be dispatched through a third party provider. And so there's a lot of, I think, lots of opportunity on the guest side, a lot of opportunities as these things are integrated. Even on the employee cloud front, right? So one of the features of just this level set employee cloud, our employee cloud product offers payroll, it offers tip-outs. It offers, you know, one of the products we're piloting is a pay card product for employees. And so you think of you know, something like Peril, historically has been horizontal. Like what I mean by that is it's not specific to restaurants. But you think of the needs of a restaurant tour, like a lot of the needs are very specific. And it's really valuable for an operator to have that integrated with their point of sale so that you're not having to export data out and import it to a different system. And so I don't think it's really unique to any one feature. I think the more of the platform that's used, the more operationally efficient the restaurant gets, the more the platform that's used, the more data you're collecting just because each part of the platform is collecting data. It allows you to stitch together data, right? You want to understand cost per labor hour. You want to understand your food costs relative to your sales. You want to understand your demand is digital. You want to understand your guest behavior. 
all that comes together as you use more and more of the platform. And so I don't know if I answered your question, Josh, in terms of specific features. You did, but I have a follow-up question for you. So I was at a restaurant with my family yesterday and they had menus laid out on the table. And when I picked up the menu, I saw that there was a QR code glued to the table. And yet still, there's a physical menu in my hand. And I'm sure that you guys have had conversations. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's post-pandemic or not. I think that remains to be seen. But post-pandemic, there has been this technological backslide where restaurateurs have voluntarily adopted old techniques as opposed to pushing forward with these new technologies that were adopted during the pandemic. Do you guys have any concerns around that? What's your perspective on that? I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, to your point, like every restaurateur has to look at their business and their concept and their guests and figure out what's best, right? And I think a lot of the march of technology is very gradual. It doesn't happen overnight. And not all technology is ready for prime time or is ready for widespread adoption. Sure. I don't think of like some of this and say, look, if some of the technology that was applied in COVID has gone back to the old way of doing things, that could be a really good thing. Maybe if people love to use a physical menu. There's lots of benefits, by the way, to a physical menu versus having it on a phone on a smaller device. And so I actually think that the way the technology evolves and how we get to the future is a gradual progression. So as an example, like, and this is just me talking out loud, there could be a world someday where you've got the whole table is a screen. In that world, it may feel normal to say there is a menu that you flip through like an iPad and now the table is smart because it knows when you're could refill your drink, or it knows when you might want the server. And the experience of ordering is actually really easy because it's the larger screen. And so I think it just really depends on the concept. And I think as you go into restaurants that are more focused on, obviously the spectrum, right? All the way from fast casual to fine dining. And as the service level becomes more and more important, I think the bar that a QR code has to be able to meet it gets higher and higher. But there are also lots of concepts where it's really valuable, right? To be able to, sitting on a patio, you scan a barcode, and as long as the experience is easy, it says, here's what's most popular in the menu. Sure. Here's what you might like, given your hit order history. And here are the top 10 things you might want to order or call the server right? <laughs> when, you, when you need them or her. And so I don't think there's any concern. I think it's really about recognizing, right? This progression is gradual. And also recognizing that a lot of the technology is evolving and getting better. And so it's really about listening to your customers to understand, right, what is useful about it and what's not, what features would make it better. It's so important to really listen keenly to understand, like, what about the experience doesn't work. And so it's really about figuring out, like, how to have technology play an enabling role and how to have technology play the right role, depending on the type of concept you have. Me and my friends, we wax philosophical all the time on what the future of restaurants are going to look like, what the next big evolutions are going to be. And it's a really fun exercise because we're not obligated to build it. You, on the other hand, play a very different role. And so I'm curious to know, when you guys are having these internal meetings, what do you think the future of restaurants look like? What big evolutions do you see on the horizon? We're all learning every day. And the best place to get perspective on the future of the industry and the innovation that's coming is really by talking restaurant tours by far. They can tell you a lot more than I can, for sure. In fact, a lot of our discussions internally go back to, we should go talk to our customers. That's most of what, what happens in these meetings. I go back to like our mission and purpose as an organization. Like Our mission is to 
help the restaurant community do what they love, delight their guests and time. And a lot of that goes back to providing technology that's an enabler, right, for their business. And I actually think one of the biggest opportunities over the next decade is to enable restaurants with technology that's easy and accessible, such that they can be more efficient, such that they can leverage data and insights, as you mentioned earlier, to run a better business. Lots of industries are frankly further ahead here, right? And I think frankly, because of some of the technology that is out there today and how much opportunity there is to make it better, right? I think there's a lot of work to do to help restaurants be smarter about how to think about menus, how to think about pricing, how to think about where to open locations, how to think about food and labor costs, how to think about marketing, how to think about a personalized guest experience, right? how to think about what types of, what are ways in which they can engage their guests beyond just within the restaurant. I firmly believe like one of the things that make restaurants special is discipline for relations. I would say that restaurants, it's one of the categories where small business is thriving. It's such a big part of, obviously, restaurants are all different sizes and types that are out there. But you look at like the heart and soul of many communities, it's these local restaurant tours. And I think that future will continue to thrive. And if anything, grow. Like people talk about, you know, what happens with cloud kitchens and whether there's going to be growth of concepts like disintermediate restaurants, for example. And I'm not a believer in that. Like I think, look, certainly those things will play a part. but if it was that simple to do, you know, frankly, our local restaurateurs would be out of business a long time ago. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel because there's a reason we all want, like I live in Lexington, Massachusetts, and there's this local Italian place called Mario's that everybody loves. There's lots of other choices we have, but why do we love Mario's? There's something about the sauce there that <laughs> people love. It's that simple. And that's very hard to replicate. And so you think about the future of restaurants, I think it's about making the technology more and more accessible such that it can be leveraged to run better businesses. I think that's the foundation of what drives, I think, its growth in the industry. Because look, the opportunity is immense. I think we all, at some level, would agree with this. Like We as Americans love to cook, like, I think. And if you go back all the way to the 50s and you see food away from home and the spend away from home, it's gone up. Even through the pandemic, it's gone up. And so the demand, right, there's tailwind in terms of the industry and the desire to be able to get your food without having to cook, right? And so then it just becomes about like, can you run? Can you run a great business? And of course, it starts with the foundational stuff around really good food and service. And it's about hiring a great team. That's like the foundation of a good restaurant. I remember when we started the business, some of the web restaurant websites, I was like, oh, these could be better. And now you see like just the investments that folks have made. It's just lots of opportunity to make technology an enabler, right, for restaurants. And I think that fundamentally is the biggest driver for the experience that restaurateur is going to be able to offer. Like I see a world in the next decade, and maybe this is, we'll see it 10 years from now whether this is true or not, but I see a world in the next decade where you and I, let's say, walk in a restaurant and let's say Nicole, my wife's with us. It's going to be like, Nicole has a tree nut allergy. She carries an EpiPen, by the way, because she's got a tree nut allergy. And why wouldn't it be able to show her what on the menu is excluded because she has a tree nut allergy? Why wouldn't it be able to show her what are items on the menu that she may like because of her taste profile? Like Netflix does this. Netflix has the preferences, the recommendations they show are based upon, right? Your profile. And a world where the experience of engaging the, even the server, by the way, right, should have perspective. What are some things that Josh or Nicole might like on this menu? And what are pairings that would work well? At least for me, I don't know about you, Josh, but for me, it's like, when I think of like what I order at restaurants, maybe I'm the exception, but I order the same 10 things, I think, <laughs> most of the time. And so to make that experience better and more efficient, I think is like 
is incredibly valuable. And then when you want to pay and leave, it's just literally, why isn't it like Uber? You just walk out, right? And just get out and leave. Those sort of experiences like can make a big difference because it reduces the friction for a guest in terms of what it means to have a restaurant experience and even take hospitality to the next level because it's about enabler versus like, you know, what the bad version of this is people sitting at their phones trying to fumble to figure out like what to do. But I do think like it's the path we're on is, is on that path. That's Aman Narni. For more on Toast, visit pos.toasttab.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.